Two out of three falls. Hey, and welcome to a new edition of the Two Out of Three Falls podcast here on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can download, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud.com slash Cruise Control Podcast, as well as SoundCloud.com slash Two Out of Three Falls. If you're a big fan of the show, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. For two out of three falls podcast t-shirts. Again, that's ProWrestlingTees.com. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. What's up, my man? How you doing? Doing great, Randy. Doing great coming off the superstar shakeup this past week. It's not a draft. It's not a draft. It's a superstar shakeup according to WWE. But it was great. I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Uh, still hanging in that WrestleMania hangover feeling, which is not a bad thing. But uh, in short, though, doing phenomenal. How about yourself, Randy? Doing good, man. Um, just taking in the, this whole shake-up stuff that we saw from Raw and SmackDown yesterday and Monday. Some interesting moves. I know we'll, we'll get to that in a, in a few minutes. But uh, Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report, he's on Twitter at WrestleRant. He's the host of WrestleRant Radio, so go out and check out his work. You can follow me, the host, Randy Cruz, on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J. C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes, soundcloud.com slash cruise control podcast and two out of three falls. Download, rate, review the podcast on iTunes. Thank you very much. And here we go with the whole shakeup that, that took place Monday and Tuesday. Um, I don't re- I don't recall the matches that took place on Raw and SmackDown, so I probably won't get into that as much. But obviously, a lot of a lot of moving pieces. SmackDown to Raw, Raw to SmackDown. The first one we saw was Dean Ambrose, the Intercontinental Champion, going from SmackDown to Raw, and uh, also the Miz and Maurice going from SmackDown to Raw. What was your What was your reaction to seeing both the Miz and Maurice and Dean Ambrose going from SmackDown to Raw? I thought it was good. I mean, I thought the way they handled it was pretty lazy, um, just in yeah. terms of they literally just had people show up for no apparent reason. But the fact that they moved was not entirely surprising. I figured there was a chance of that, but I just didn't think they were ne- – I, I just didn't think it was necessary. I thought they were good right where they were. I mean, they were getting enough television time as it was. Uh, Miz was a top star over there. And on Raw, he might be nothing more than mid-card act. So I guess we'll see how it shakes up, but – Oh, we'll see how it shakes out. But as of right now, I thought it was a decent move because uh, he was so fire on SmackDown for so long. I mean, we, we, we've been talking about a week in and week out how he's been such a big deal on the blue brand for almost a year now. So the fact that, you know, he switched shows when he did was a bit weird, I guess, which is weird timing. So I guess we'll see where it goes on uh, the next couple of weeks. I mean, it is kind of kind of weird that, you know, I had you on this show maybe two, three, three weeks ago before WrestleMania. And just as a generic question, I said, hey, Graham, uh, you know, who would benefit going from Raw to SmackDown and SmackDown to Raw? And then the night after WrestleMania, we get this whole shakeup plan. And I'm like, OK. And then I also said that Dean Ambrose will be one guy I would want to go from SmackDown to Raw because I just felt his his entire character is just dull, boring, and um, maybe going to Raw would kind of, you know, rejuvenate him and, and then you'll possibly get that Shield reunion down the road. And, 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 and you know, love, love and behold, we get Dean Ambrose on, on Raw, bringing the IC title to Raw. So 
you know, fans already start speculating, okay, so now Kevin Owens might be going to SmackDown. But the Miz I did not I did not see the Miz going to 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 Raw. I'm trying to figure out what's the benefit of him going from SmackDown to Raw. I, I enjoy the heck out of him on SmackDown. So try try to sell me on why the Miz going to Raw would benefit him and Maurice um in in the long run. Yeah, that's what I wasn't sure about. I'm not exactly sure. Like you said, I thought Ambrose was a good choice. I mean, he really wasn't doing anything before then. I mean, I know he's the IC champion. I mean, but prior to that point, though, he wasn't really doing anything. And like you said, even character-wise, I think it was needed. I think, if anything, we get a potential Shield reunion on Raw, which is exciting in and of itself, regardless of the reason. It might be just because they want to get Roman cheered, but that's another discussion for another day. But in terms of Ambrose, or in terms of Miz, though, um, it really just depends on why or what they have him do. Because if they have him, if they position him as a big deal, then it might be a good idea. But if not, then what's the point? Uh, like I said, if they bring him to Monday nights just to position him as a mid card guy, then it makes no sense. I feel like he'd be way better off just being a main event guy over on Tuesdays, where he might actually be used the right way. Um, so again, I- I'm hesitant to say it's a good or bad move just because we haven't really seen what... I mean, they had him lose his first match against Sami Zayn, who was leaving anyway. So, I mean, that, were, that wasn't really anything of substance. We have no idea what his first feud is. I thought keeping him on SmackDown and putting him in a program with Shinsuke would have been a good idea. Apparently not the case. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as it, as it stands right now, I mean, I said when the draft first happened a year ago, six months ago, seven months ago, whatever it was, that I thought Miz was a perfect fit for SmackDown. I still feel that way, too. So I guess we'll see how he's used, but right now I'm not a big fan of the change of nights for him. Oh yeah, you know definitely not because I'm like when you, when you, when you look at SmackDown and Randy Orton is the the world champion on that brand, and the Miz I felt you know was closer to that title on SmackDown than what he is now to to Brock Lesnar's championship, and it's like all right you you know you have Roman Reigns, you got Braun Strowman, you got Seth Rollins, you got Finn Balor, you got Brock Lesnar, you got Dean Ambrose, and then you have the Miz. I felt he was more in line, closer to getting a world championship spot on SmackDown than what he is Raw, and I think that's that's the one thing that 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 takes me back and say you know what. Miz on Raw is cool, but is it going to be in that mid-card thing, you know, that mid-card area again for the Intercontinental Championship when he, we we already saw that on SmackDown? Like, where else can you go with him as far as um, if, if, if it ain't the U.S. title or the IC title or Tag Team Championship, I, I think Miz was poised to be uh, being a world champion, and now I think on Raw, uh, he gets set back way, way, way back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that was one of my biggest concerns as well when you look at the two landscapes of both shows. I mean, you look at SmackDown and the fact that, I mean, they have a world champion, but they just had a triple threat number one contenders match. The winner faces the U.S. champion on a future date. Like, that had nothing to do with the WWE title. That had entirely to do with the mid-card championship. It's a different story on Raw because their mid-card title barely received much attention. The, with the U.S. championship, the IC title might be different. But we've seen Miz's champion as IC champion five or six times now. And it's cool. I mean, like we've talked about before, he, he represents that title really, really well. But um, he deserves a way bigger push than what he's getting right now, which is basically nothing. I mean, again, it's only been a night, so we'll have to just wait and see to see how it shakes out. But just in terms of the way it looks like going forward, I mean, he's on a show where there's not even anyone to, there's nothing to vie for right now. There's literally nothing to do. 
So if he's just going to be there and literally just do nothing for the next couple months, I'm not a fan of that because he was on fire before. He's not doing anything now. It's a complete waste of his talent. Um, whereas just at least on SmackDown, he would get a, at least a closer chance to that championship. Like you look at Sami Zayn, like you probably traded Sami for Miz. Okay. So you get Sami on SmackDown. He pro- is probably closer to the main event now than anyone else is. Whereas on raw, he was doing nothing for months on end. He was not even close to the top tier main event scene whatsoever. So, I mean, now that Miz is there in that spot, I don't see it changing much for him. So I guess we'll see where it goes. But as it stands right now, I mean, I don't. I, at least on SmackDown, there was a chance in them becoming champion. On Raw, there's next to no chance when you're, you know, overcrowded with the likes of Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, and all the other heels they have in that brand, Dini Ambrose now. So it's going to be hard for Miz to break out as a uh, top-level heel, with, as a top-level heel with uh, Samoa Joe as well and all those other top names on Monday nights. And plus now we don't we don't get the Miz on talking smack no more, which is another reason why I don't like the move. That being said though, that is true, but we do get Kevin Owens and right. Kevin Owens was great last night, so that's a fair trade in my book. Now, what is also confusing with the Miz going to Raw was Bray Wyatt going to Raw. And we, we you know, we're seeing we were watching Bray and Randy do their thing on uh, for the championship, WrestleMania now this you know, a uh, House of Horrors match was supposed to be, I thought, was supposed to be at the next SmackDown pay-per-view, but now it, it got pushed up to, to payback later on this month. But now Bray's on Raw, Randy Orton's on, on SmackDown. It, it, the, the handwriting, is to me, is already there that Randy Orton is going to win this match, keep, that, keep his title on SmackDown so Brock would have the universal title on Raw. But... Bray Wyatt going to Raw. What's more confusing, Bray to Raw or, or the Miz to Raw? Or both? Definitely equally. Miz to Raw. I mean, I guess both, but I would say Miz to Raw just because, I mean, I like Bray, don't get me wrong, but I feel like the only reason they gave him the championship was just to feed it right back to Randy Orton. Like, that was the only reason. I don't think they had any sustained plans for Bray in the main event scene on SmackDown. And I think SmackDown will be just fine. Like, people are saying, oh, they got rid of Wyatt and Ambrose and Miz. And it kind of looked a bit one-sided on Monday, obviously, because they hadn't done the trades to SmackDown. But SmackDown made out pretty pretty well um, with Rusev and Zayn and and Owens, to to say the least. And they still have AJ and they have Nakamura. They'll be just fine. With Wyatt and Miz, Miz is confusing. I think Miz is the bigger disservice because I feel like Wyatt got his title run. Miz has been champion before, too. But, you know, Miz, Wyatt's been doing good work as well, but Miz was the real MVP of SmackDown for so long. Without, you know, the Miz on SmackDown, it kind of feels a bit different. Without Wyatt on SmackDown, it's not that big of a deal. But with Wyatt, though, on Raw, I mean, I was telling someone about this, like, I think maybe RJ a couple of days ago, someone in regards to the fact that they made that House of Horror matches, that House of Horrors, whatever, match on uh, on Tuesday of last week. And it feels like all of these trades, all of these draft picks, they literally made, like, last minute. Like, they picked names out of a hat on Monday or on Monday evening, thinking, hmm, who can we bring to Raw? And why it was one of them. Not thinking, not remembering they have a feud going on. I mean, I'm not complaining just because the feud has sucked, and I'm glad it's coming to an end as early as possible. That's great. But to have the WWE title defended on a Raw show, it kind of muddies the waters. Now we're getting back to what the brand split used to be back in the day when it kind of fucked up. You know, the, they would have 
you know, the Raw and SmackDown shows that weren't among the big four, and they would have people show up in different shows, like Wyatt showed up on SmackDown this week, even though he's a Raw guy now. They should probably clarify that the new trade, uh, the new trades go into effect after payback. Like, it's really confusing at the moment. And, I mean, I do understand that at payback there is not going to be a WWE Universal title match because Brock's not there, so I get that. But still, I mean, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be having a SmackDown exclusive title on a Raw show. You have the U.S. problem now with Owens being on SmackDown. That's all fucked up. And it's not even really that. It's the fact that they have yet to clarify what the hell is going on. And I don't expect them to either. But, um, you know, Wyatt on Raw is a uh, head-scratcher, to say the least, though. We also get from the following, Apollo Crews is now on Raw. Um, Callisto is now on, now on Raw. Heath Slater and Rhino are now on Raw. Um Alexa Bliss, former SmackDown Women's Champion, is now on the Raw roster. And as we saw on Tuesday, Charlotte and Tamina go to, to, to SmackDown. Also coming to Raw is Mickey James. So now when Alexa Bliss and Mickey James go to, to Monday Night Raw to battle the, the Sasha Banks and Bailey's and Nia Jax, um, were you happy to see Alexa on Raw or, or did you feel like, hmm, Okay, I'm not that I'm not I'm not that upset because I know either Sasha or Charlotte is coming to SmackDown. Yeah, that was exactly it. I think we all kind of figured about a week ago. I think the most two obvious trade picks, not only for the women, just in general, was Bliss going to Raw and Charlotte going to SmackDown. I mean, you just look at the way they've been booked over the past two weeks. Yeah. Alexa Bliss loses the title. I mean, of six women, she was the one that got pinned in the match of Mania, and she got a rematch on Tuesday, lost pretty decisively there too. The writing was on the wall. She was going to raw Charlotte. Same thing gets pinned clean at WrestleMania, got beat the next night in the tag team match, and then got beat clean by Nia Jackson raw, which was a terrible match, but she still lost clean, which I give her credit for to put over Nia on the way out. So it was pretty obvious that Charlotte was going to SmackDown, and I'm glad it shook out the way that it did. I thought the women made out pretty well. I'll talk about Tamini in a se- I'll talk about Tamina in a second, but with Charlotte, uh, she's faced everyone on raw. She's faced Dana, Sasha, God knows how many times. Bailey, God knows how many times. Now, mm-hmm. Naya, it was time for her to leave. She has fresh competition on Tuesdays now. She came across like a star when she came out when I was there last night at SmackDown. That was great. Um, so I thought her, her moving to Tuesdays was just absolutely necessary. I mean, at least the shakeup, if nothing else, accomplished a few different things, um, but specifically got different rivals away from each other, like the guys and women that faced each other so many times during the brand split like Alexa and Becky, thank God they're separated. Dean and AJ, Charlotte, Sasha. Now they're all separated other than Zayn and Owens. That's kind of the exception though. Um, and SmackDown got Tamina. It's not like Raw had Tamina anyway. Tamina's been out with an injury for literally the past year mm-hmm. and she has not been seen since. And she's been in action in house shows and stuff in recent months. Not the biggest Tamina fan and people honestly could not care less when she came out last night when I was there from what I could tell. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's, it's still a women's wrestler. I think on Raw, Alexa Bliss is a great pick for them because, again, a lot like Charlotte, she's faced everyone there is to face on Mondays. And then Mickey James is a good pick, too, because you could always do Alexa and Mickey, which they never really did on SmackDown. So I thought she was a fair trade. So I thought the women made up pretty well for both brands. Yeah, Shane McMahon last night really gassed up the, the crowd. Oh, uh, she's a, a second-generation star and a daughter of a... Hall of Famer, and we all thinking we all we all thought it was going to be Charlotte the first time. Then he says Tamina, and it was like the the crowd just went silent, like <laughs> yeah, like uh, and we just thought like oh really Tamina, and then maybe 
all right, when he came back in and said, you know, his, his old spiel, it being in Boston, everybody was, we, we want Sasha, we want Sasha. I'm thinking, all right, you, you get Tamina on board, okay, then you bring Sasha Banks, all right, I'm good. But now you bring Charlotte into the fold where Charlotte can now get Becky Lynch again. She can have uh, matches with, with Naomi, uh, again with Natalia like they did last year. So, like you said, you you kind of get away you you kind of get away from what's been happening, you know, of the norm of the Sasha Bailey Charlotte matches, your Dean Ambrose and your AJs and 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 and, and those kind of matches. So now with you kind of re reinvigorate those characters with with new rivalries and everything. And even now, you know, you're even trading um announcers, and I'm like. Uh, Byron Saxon's going to to SmackDown. David Otunga, which me and you probably don't even care about, go, goes to Raw. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, again, uh, the, the the revival came up from NXT last week. Um, Kurt Hawkins goes to Raw, which we, we don't give a shit about. Um, so now, <laughs> out of everybody that went from before we get to SmackDown, everybody that went from SmackDown to Raw, is there someone that you know, male or female, that, that you feel kind of go? That that kind of goes under the radar. That say, you know what, this person can really benefit from going to a to a, to a new show. Honestly, I mean, looking at all the draft picks, by and large, I mean, I'm not talking about like Kurt Hawkins here. Like you said, who could possibly give a shit? But I mean, with most of the draft picks, I'm thinking, you know what, that's not a bad move. Other than Miz, I mean, Miz, I was thinking, okay, like we talked about earlier, he kind of belongs on SmackDown. He bleeds blue, in my opinion. He might have better success over there. But everyone else, though, Ambrose made sense. I saw uh, Wyatt, I mean, Wyatt Balor signed me up. I know we haven't talked about it. Balor potentially got hurt on Monday, which friggin' sucks. So I hope he's not out long. But he, well, but if he's not, we can get Wyatt and Balor in the immediate future uh, once Wyatt's done with Orton. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, we get Kalisto on Raw. We get Apollo Crews on Raw. Cruz wasn't doing anything on SmackDown. I highly doubt he'll do much more on Raw, but who knows? Maybe a, chain of, a change of scenery might help him out a bit. I think, if anything, he should have been drafted back to NXT. Uh, I love Cruz, but he did next to nothing down there before getting called up way too soon. So going back down there, maybe getting a title run might help him out, but at least he's on Raw. He's away from the brand that, that should have given him that. So maybe he'll find mid-card success on Raw. And even Kalista, I think he might be the bigger the biggest sleeper pick of them all for the raw trades. Um, just because, I mean, again, a lot like Cruz, who could possibly care about Kalisto? Cause he really hasn't been doing anything for so long. But I mean, you look at the fact that prior to that point, he was doing what just cruiserweight stuff. I mean, now you can go back to doing that with the rest of the guys. I mean, I know they put Sin Cara on Tuesdays, so maybe they do that now, but I think he might be a good fit for, uh, for the cruiserweight division, considering there really wasn't anything for him to do on raw. So I think he might be the biggest sleeper pick of them all. I guess we'll see though. We're chatting with Graham Matthews, uh, Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant, host of WrestleRant Radio, um, here on two out of three falls podcast. Now we get to SmackDown. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, New Day, Charlotte, Jinder Mahal, Tamina, Rusev, Lana, uh, obviously Nakamura, and Ty Dillinger from last week. Sin Cara, Byron Saxton are now going to SmackDown. So KO brings... The U.S. title to the SmackDown. He still has the match with Jericho at Payback for the U.S. title, and of course, the winner of that match will remain uh, a SmackDown superstar. Uh, all signs point to Kevin Owens winning winning that match because we don't know the schedule of Jericho. I think he, he might be stepping away for a little bit, so look for KO to be the U.S. champion at the Payback. 
Um, again, first question: Who flies under the radar from that roster going from Raw to SmackDown? Probably Rusev. I would say. I know he yeah. wasn't there. They only announced that he was going to SmackDown. He didn't actually show up. He's hurt at the moment. But I think Rusev might be the. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say the biggest beneficiary. I think that's Sami Zayn by far. I mean, he's been saying since day one he wanted to be on SmackDown, but. Rusev, though, I know he wasn't there again, but um, I think he might benefit the most other than Sammy from going to Tuesdays just because on Raw for so long, I know when they did the draft last year, he was U.S. champion. He was like an upper mid-card level guy. Then he had the feud of the Roman for a while. But then it was really all down south from there. It was really all downhill from there because he didn't do anything. They put him in a freaking feud at Enzo and Cass, and no one gave a crap, and it just went nowhere, and he's been doing nothing before he you know, got hurt a couple months ago. So when he comes back, I think he might be a great asset to the blue brand going forward. Um, so I look forward to him being a part of the SmackDown roster. In terms of anyone else, I mean, Jinder, I could not care less. I was reading something before we started recording about him potentially getting a push in the future. Couldn't care less, to be honest with you. Um, Sin Cara, whatever, is just another jobber. Um, New Day, I thought was great. I think Raw obviously got the better end of the tag team division on Monday because they have Slater Rhino, Hardy's Revival. Um, Enzo and Cass, like you said before, the club, so they're kind of stacked. So bringing over the New Day was a big plus for SmackDown. Um, Charlotte, I thought was great. Lana breaking out her, on her own could be interesting. So um, there's there's a couple good picks, and I think people are forgetting that. Okay, maybe in terms of the shakeup, we're all got bigger names. But then you look at the people that are already on SmackDown, like Nakamura, like Ty Dillinger, like SmackDown's going to be okay. And Luke Harper wasn't even on the show last night, and AJ's already there, so I think they're going to be just fine. But, yeah, no, I think the the person who might go under the radar the most from the draft might be Rusev, I would say. And I did forget the Shining Stars. So I, I, I knew I, knew <laughs> I was forgetting somebody, but they're, not in, they're now involved in the tag team division on SmackDown, so they're, they're now on SmackDown as opposed to Raw. So um, I think New Day benefits being on SmackDown. I think... I'm not too sure if everybody got tired of what they were doing on Raw because they've been doing it for so long and maybe going to a, a different brand. And I, I think at some point, yeah, you have you bring them as a tag team, but this is this is the the icing on the cake where now maybe Raw never did this, but now you can start to kind of separate New Day where you can have Big E matches. You can have when, when he's back from injury, Kofi Kingston, won, you know, singles matches. You can have uh, Xavier Woods matches where everything that does not have to be a tag team match with the New Day. So, so essentially you got three separate superstars in that deal. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, my idea, what I pitched a couple months ago here in the show to you was the fact that maybe they draft Big E by himself to smack, and I thought they would be doing the draft in the summer, obviously not the case, and they're not going to break them up right now, because they still have the friggin' cereal and the, 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 the whatever, the ice cream, whatever it is, and the t-shirts and whatever, they're not going to break them up anytime soon, um, but I mean, I guess you could still be a unit and then still do singles matches if you want to, I think that's an idea, and if there's any time to do that, it would be right now, because Kofi's hurt. I don't know how long he's going to be out. I heard a couple of weeks. So if that's the case, you can break Big, you can break Big E out on his own. You can do stuff with Xavier. So I think they're a good fit for SmackDown because, like you said, they can still team every once in a while right. while also breaking out on their own and experiencing singles competition and doing that kind of thing. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Is it interesting that you saw Alana, when they, when they introduced Rusev, it was just Rusev by himself. Then they introduce Lana by herself, like 
Like, do you think that they're gonna separate uh, Lana and Rusev, where maybe Lana could finally get get in the ring at some point, or do you think they'll try something totally different with her? No, that's that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting them to put her in the women's division. I know the only match she ever had on TV was the one at Mania last year. Uh-huh. Not that she looked all that great. I heard she's been improving because I know she did NXT live events, um, like local live events in Florida last year. She, I don't know if she's been doing them recently, but I know she was doing them last year. So maybe she goes back to doing that, which is fine. I mean, it's another new body in the women's division, and they give her a chance. So I'd be fine with that. Um, I don't know what they'd be doing with Rusev when he gets back, whether it be a heel or a face or whatever. So I guess we'll see. But if they want to have him break out on his own as a face or something, that could possibly work. I mean, he's a very talented guy. I mean, he could pretty much do anything they want him to, either whether it be upper mid-card, it could be lower main event. It doesn't really matter. So I mean, he has a couple different options. But uh, no, if they want to break her out on, on her own, I mean, she has potential. I mean, she has a good look. So there's a couple different things they can do with her. And I expect they are probably in his absence. Again, I don't know when he's back. I don't think he's out for an extended period of time. But as long as he's out, they could do something with her so she's not missing work or TV time or whatever. And she's maintaining a presence on television. So I'm not really against that at all. I think it's uh, – I mean, they don't have to break him up like they did a couple of years ago, which was disastrous. And they got a six-month feud out of it, which was atrocious. Right. Um, but as long as you don't go down that route. I mean, you could still have them closely linked, like we were just talking about with New Day. You could still have them be a unit, but still doing their own thing, you know, by themselves. So I, I, I think they're probably going that direction going forward. Now, Kevin Owens started started the show on SmackDown. Dean Ambrose and Miz started the, the show on Raw. Um, I don't know who's writing these shows, but you can kind of tell two different segments for Raw and SmackDown. Where on, on Raw you have your your, your comedy stick with the Miz and Maurice doing the John Cena, Nikki Bella stuff. Dean Ambrose comes out. He's trying to be all funny and everything. And then on SmackDown, real serious Kevin Owens in, in a brand new suit, um, shaved beard. You get Baron Corbin all serious. You get Sami Zayn now on board on SmackDown. You get AJ Styles. You get Daniel Bryan triple threat match uh, for for the, the the contendership for the U.S. title that down the road. More serious. Uh, what did you make of the opening segment for both Raw and, and SmackDown comparing to what Dean Ambrose and The Miz did and what Kevin Owens and, and company did? I didn't even really think about that, but that's a great point. Um, I was kind of thinking of each show as its own thing, but it wasn't really comparing the two in the way that you just did, but that's a great observation now. And the fact that Raw seems to be more focused on comedy, I mean, that's always been always. the case. I mean, that's not a new revelation or anything, re- revelation, but um, you're absolutely right, though, in terms of the writing and the way they present the people. Like, I mean, not even the opening segment. You look at the fact that how Sammy was presented on Raw, versus how he was presented on SmackDown. Yeah. Like on Raw, he was being a pest to Kurt Angle. He's like, oh, give me a match or whatever. He was being annoying to Kurt Angle. Then he shows up on SmackDown. He seems like a main event star. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a, literally a day's difference. It's not like he came back after a couple months. So that, that's the difference between the two brands. Uh, but in terms of opening segments, I mean, honestly, for a second, I thought Miz was Cena. Admittedly, I'm sure I was the only one who thought that, but I honestly thought Miz was Cena when he came out. Not in terms of the way that it looked. When, when I heard the music, I'm thinking, oh, shit. They're moving him to Raw. Oh, wait, it's just Miz. I didn't even register. I didn't even put two and two together. I probably wasn't even paying attention. But anyway, no, I thought, um, yeah, there definitely was a definitely a definite difference in terms of how they portray their superstars on, on the two shows when you compare them side by side. I thought there were two good segments, the Miz and Ambrose thing. Um, they, didn't, they didn't set up a match or anything. Thankfully, didn't because we've seen the match a million times. 
But um, again, like I said earlier, just the way that they are presenting the picks, like, hey, I'm on Raw now without any explanation whatsoever, really bothered me. Yeah. And um, same thing for SmackDown. They're like, hey, you know, I'm I'm part of the blue brand now. It's like, okay, why? Like, who did you get traded for? I I, I get the way why they did it the way they did. Um, with all the raw guys going to SmackDown on Tuesday and vice versa on Monday. I mean, it was a good hook, but just offer some explanation. Like there was zero logic behind it whatsoever. At least back in the day with the draft, they would show you the friggin' screen of people going back and forth between the two brands. We didn't get that on either show this past week. Um, that's just nitpicking though. But I thought overall there definitely was a difference between the opening segments on both shows, as you pointed out. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think I don't think it's nitpicking. I just feel like, you know, that there's so many different ways that that could have been, you know, brought to a higher level where Kurt Angle on, on one screen and Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon on, on, on a separate screen, kind of just like going over like just pretend fake draft war room. <clears throat> who do you want? Well, if you want this person, th- this is who I want in return. Um, who 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 is not benefiting from from my current roster that I think will benefit on your roster? Show the, these conference calls. So show something, as opposed to you just opening raw with Dean Ambrose and the Miz and like, oh okay, so I'm assuming they're on they're on raw and then Kevin Owens comes out. I'm assuming he's on SmackDown. But back in the day, they would show the you know every wrestler's face on the screen and this jumbotron stuff and boom. X, Y, and Z drafted to to Raw, and the crowd would go crazy, and the, and the guy would come out. But now it just, you know, maybe it's just pure lazy. I don't know how to explain it, but I mean, with the with the whole social media stuff they have nowadays, they 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 could have went a whole different route. Um, but I just, you know, it's it's not nitpicking like you said, but because I agree with you, but I feel like on the flip side, it's 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 it's, it's a bit lazy on on, on their end. Yeah, I think that's the right word. That was the absolute perfect word to sum it up. And just one word, lazy, was really the only way to describe what they did on both shows just because, I mean, like you said, it's not like this hasn't been done before. I know they didn't call it a draft, but there's a million ways you could have done it from what you just said, a war room kind of setting, which would have been amazing and makes the most sense. Like, they don't think about this kind of stuff for whatever reason. It's the little things that make the biggest differences. Or if you wanted to do a draft, at least that would make sense, whether it be randomized or a lottery, which they did back in like 04, 05. I know people showed up at random times on both shows, but it was via a lottery. Like, they explained it. So it made more sense back then as compared to right now. I mean, it's over now, so it doesn't really make a difference, but mm-hmm. it was just weird, the fact they just had people show up at random for no you know, explanation whatsoever. So hopefully they can kind of fix that going forward if this becomes an annual event in the future. Was there anybody that that did not get moved that that shocked you where you thought him or her were more likely going to be moved or should have been moved? Like for me, I think Dolph Ziggler should have been on Raw, uh, along with you know Ambrose and company. I felt you know just having Dolph. I think Dolph did everything he 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 can on SmackDown. He he's not being Intercontinental Champion. He's not being World Champion. He may not be U.S. Champion or Tag Champion, but then. When Nakamura interrupts him, you know, I think it was an even swap of the Miz and Dolph Ziggler because we thought Miz and, and Nakamura were going to, uh, to do something. Now it's going to be Dolph and, and Nakamura. 
So that'll be cool for a few weeks, a few months. But it's like, what else can you do with Dolph on that roster? Which, which, which is why I thought going to Raw, he he might have been lost in the shuffle on Raw because there's so many top guys over there. So maybe him staying on SmackDown is more beneficial. But if there was one guy I thought that would have been moved more like more than likely, it would have been Dolph to to Raw. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I would have moved Ziggler over someone like Cruz. Because if you move if you move Ziggler and Cruz, that would have been disastrous because they've had a million matches. But I yeah. thought he might have been moved to Raw, which was not the case. I mean, I think the biggest thing with Ziggler is not only the fact that he's done everything, but he's also faced everybody. Like, he's gone up against literally everyone in the company. And uh, there's just not much left for him. So if you look at the current landscape of SmackDown right now, they have... Like you said, Nakamura, they can do Nakamura right off the bat, which is a feud I, I obviously they're setting up for the foreseeable future. Nakamura, Ziggler, you could do Zane Ziggler, which would be pretty cool. I know they were supposed to do that match at Survivor Series before they went in a different direction with Miz. Right. Um, so you could do Zane Ziggler, which would be pretty cool. Harper Ziggler, we've seen like a million times. I have no interest in that. I'm trying to think of who else they have. Orton, no thanks. Cena Ziggler, I've seen it a million times. Trying to think of who else they have that would <clears throat> style Ziggler one on one with Styles as the face might work, but honestly, I only really see this being a temporary issue because I've said this for a while now. But I think Ziggler's contract does expire this year, and I see him leaving. Like I don't know why he would stay at this point. He said before that he would retire in 2017 when his contract was up next. He's every single time he goes out there, he seems like he does not give a shit at all. It's not his character either. It just seems like he doesn't care anymore, and I don't know why he should because he's not doing anything. He hasn't done anything for years, so he'll probably just leave when his contract expires. So I assume this is only a short-term thing before he leaves in a couple months. For, you know, He puts over Nakamura and Sami Zayn on his way out, but that's my only. That's purely spe- speculation on my part, though. I mean, yeah, we, we can get uh, a, a Matt Classic between Dolph and, and, and Eric Rowan. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Highly doubt that. Um Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens on Talking Smack. I thought, I thought, I thought it was great. Um, you know, just an like you said, an even swap with the Miz. Just someone who is very sarcastic and and, and nasty and funny at the same time. And when he came out there, he was throwing his shoes around and saying that you know you guys did not draft me, knowing that I got two kids and. You know, I, I can't provide for them, but, you know, I, I'm I'm the man of America. I'm the man for the country. You know, you guys call this the land of opportunity, and now I'm going to call this KO country. I think the guy's phenomenal. Um, remains to be seen how quick he can uh, ascend to uh, the world championship picture with, with, with Randy Orton. I think, that, you know, they can have a, a few good matches. But um, how, him being the U.S. champion and knowing that A.J. Styles is now the number one contender down the road. Um, two questions. One, how long do you see KO as U.S. champion? And two, are you kind of upset that A.J. is, I wouldn't say relegated, but he's kind of like relegated to the U.S. title just for now? I mean, I'm, I'm completely okay with it. I, I wouldn't say it relegates like it's a demotion for A.J. I think if anything, it's a, it's a nice push for, for the belt. I mean, we just saw Jericho and Owens feuding over. They're having their rematch at Payback in a couple of weeks. Right. So, I mean, the, the belt means more now than it has in quite some time. I think before Jericho, before Owens, it was Jericho. Before Jericho, it was Roman, who did nothing with that title whatsoever. Nothing. And Rusev was doing a pretty good job with it before they took the belt off of him. So, it feels more relevant now than it has in at least 
six months or so, six or eight months. So Owens is champion. I think is a good fit. Um, and it's not like AJ's facing, you know, Eric Rowan for like the U S title or he's not, you know, he's not contending against trying to think of another loser like Jinder Mahal. Okay. Like that would be a problem, but the belt is not Kevin Owens, like the former universal champion. So like the matches, you know, are going to be great. They had a pair of matches last year, which were fucking awesome. So I'm sure the matches will be great. It's an awesome way to turn AJ into a full fledged baby face. Um, so it's going to be a nice feud for him. And then beyond that, you know, it's not long-term. Like if he wins the belt or not, you know, he's going to be back in the meet event before long anyway with Orton and whoever else they have on that show. Nakamura, like him and Nakamura for the world title would be incredible. So it really, it's only an interim thing. So it's not that big of a deal, but I would see it more of a, more of a push for him as a demotion for, for styles. So um, I guess we'll see where it goes, but I'm very hopeful regarding the future because in the matches they could have would be great. Um, they've had awesome chemistry in the past. I'm sure they can continue that going in the future. But um, no, I thought it was awesome. Also really cool to see the belt elevated to another level too on Tuesday, just because it seemed like it was a complete afterthought on Mondays for so long. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm in complete favor of it for right now. The one person I would be worried about going forward in the future, as far as like, what else do you have for him? Is Randy Orton as the WWE champion? Where after payback, we know uh, Randy's gonna keep the belt on SmackDown. Then Bray goes to Raw. He'll fight defend Balor's and do his own thing. But now, after payback, Randy Orton is still going to be the champion. If AJ is gonna be sooner or later the the U.S. champion, for example, John Cena's not coming back for for quite some time. Um. Who are the top two, three contenders for the for the championship on, on SmackDown for Randy Orton? Well, I think on the bright side, what's so cool about it is the fact that they moved because they moved Miz and Wyatt to to Raw. That means Corbin now is like a top tier heel on SmackDown, which I think is awesome. I'm not saying put the belt on him right. tomorrow, but I think him as an upper mid card, lower main event guy for right now, I think is great. He had a great performance last night in the Triple Threat, so. And I think he's, like, one of the few heels they really have left on the show. Like, I know they brought Owens over, but Owens, Corbin, that that's, like, honestly really about it in terms of top-tier heels they have on SmackDown for right now. Like I said, with AJ probably turning, and I, yeah, I guess you can kind of consider him a face for right now, that's all they really have. So, um, yeah, I think Corbin is the main event guy for right now would be awesome. So, I mean, like you said, I think I was talking to someone on Twitter about this this morning. Orton in champion role and, like, in champion mode in 2017 does not compel me whatsoever. It's very just disinteresting. We've seen it a million times. I don't care. But at least he has fresh feuds with the likes of Corbin, uh, Owens, as you had said, Zane maybe down the line, Nakamura, um, you know, Styles hopefully at some point. So he's he's got a couple good matches in him for the foreseeable future. I mean, but they don't even know, they don't all even have to be over the belt. Him and Rusev maybe at some point. So there's a couple different good scenarios they have, including him going forward. So I guess we'll see where they go uh, with him. But yeah, like you said, I think him beating Wyatt's pretty much a guarantee. And then beyond that, I guess it's really anyone's guess. But Corbin Wyatt in my book, I think would be a fine feud for the summer. We keep uh, we keep mentioning payback. Uh, right now, at the current moment, there's three matches: KO, Y2J for the U.S. title, uh, Orton Bray for the WWE Championship, and Austin Aries Neville for the Cruiserweight Championship. So that that's what we have for payback so far. Um, 
Finn Balor came back last week from a grueling injury like nine months ago at SummerSlam. And now he's kind of sort of hurt again. Uh, I think a, a concussion due to the hand of Jinder Mahal. Maybe that's why Jinder went to freaking SmackDown. Um, should be should there be any cause for concern for, for Finn Balor with this injury and going forward where just like Daniel Bryan's and those guys where or, or Sasha Banks where the the more you get hurt, the kind of the less push that you get at at, at the top of the mountain where you know Finn Balor may not be the guy that they want with the belt because of how frequent he can get injured. Absolutely, that should be a concern going forward. I mean, there's a couple of different concerns with the injury that I was really scared about that I'm still scared about going forward. But I think there's, you know, you know, first and foremost, I think you got to watch the replay. Look, it looked really, really bad. Like, it did yeah. not come off well at all. I was watching the footage back with uh, one of my friends, actually the friend I went to SmackDown with last night. We were watching it back this afternoon, and um, we were watching it back with one of his friends who's had a slew of concussions, at least three or four in his lifetime. He's like, yeah, that, that's pretty bad. Like, he, he face-planted right in the friggin' mat. And he had those red marks all over his face and the match was over. Like, it was not pretty. And you can have a torn labrum or shoulder or whatever he had before that was, that was, um, that was hurt coming out of SummerSlam. And you know pretty, like, roughly. Like, when he got hurt at SummerSlam, we all kind of knew, okay, he'll probably be back around Mania season. And he was. Um, with the concussion, it can go any, it can go either way. Like he could be out a week. He could be out for good. Like Daniel Bryan. Like we still have no idea. Even as of right now, it's been 48 hours, but we still have no clue. And that's, what's really concerning to me. But as you had said, um, even on a lesser scale in terms of whether they view him as being injury prone, the thing that sucks is that it's not even his fault. Like Orton's injury prone. Like, I think everyone would agree that he is injury prone. He, he, you know, uh, pounds his fist in the mat and they fr and he friggin' breaks his shoulder. Like, that's half. He's tossed garbage into the dumpster and he popped out his shoulder out of his socket. Like, how does that even happen? Wow. That only happens to someone that's injury prone. That, that like, legitimately happened. He was out for, like, nine months um, because of that <laughs> about, like, a year or two ago. But Damn. with Beller, though, it wasn't even his fault. Like, the one in August, he got tossed into the barricade. Right. And then this one, he got friggin' smashed in the head of the forearm. That's not his fault. Like, it was all gender. Gender is terrible. Why he was even in the ring to begin with, with gender is beyond me. So, hopefully that's not the case. If he does come back, and I'm sure he will, but I just don't think this, hopefully doesn't, he's not out for too long. That would be a real bummer. But, um, hopefully when he does come back, you know, he they don't view him as being injury prone, because it's not his fault. Like, Orton's injury prone. Cena, kind of as well, but he works... He's been on and off for so long, I can kind of see it, but it's not Balor's fault. So I would hope when he comes back, they don't view him on that level. Two more before I let you go. Uh, I wanted to get your input on the promo that, that that Seth Rollins was cutting, and then you know we get Kurt Angle, we get Samoa Joe in the mix. Um, the two questions I got, one, how uncomfortable did Kurt Angle look in the freaking ring trying to break up that fight? And two, um... I know we're trying to, you know, trying to create or like a babyface Seth Rollins, but did you feel like they made him, they made him sound too much of a good guy? Like, oh, thank you, this, and, and you know, you know, I did this for we and for you, for for you guys and us and blah blah blah. Like, do you feel like they made him too much of a good guy? And what do you think about Kurt Angle trying to break that fight up? 
Yeah, for Rollins, I, I could see that. Um, I, I thought it was a good promo. Definitely the first time we've really seen Rollins in this mode. It seems like they're trying out Rollins with different personas or characters or whatever. Like we've seen him in rebellious mode. We've seen him in sympathetic mode before Mania, and now now he's like you know thanking the fans. As long as he's not doing that every week, and he's like you know disgustingly nice like John Cena or something, then I think he's okay. Um, it's better than what he was doing six months ago when he had like no redeeming qualities at all, that he was still like a baby face though. Like that made no sense. At least now there's a reason to like Seth Rollins and he's naturally likable anyway. Like people get behind him regardless. So I think kind of adding more elements to his character um, is definitely helpful with the angle thing. Um, yeah, that definitely did look weird for him just standing in the ring, hey, not yeah. being able to do anything. So that that was kind of strange because you know how badly he wants to be back in the ring too. So right. you would, you can only imagine how badly he wanted to help out Seth Rollins and fending off Samoa Joe. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's only a matter of time before we see him back in the ring. Maybe not anytime soon, but it did seem uncomfortable. It seemed like even he was holding back cause he was trying to resist, um, you know, getting physical with Joe because you know how badly he wants to be a wrestler right now. But it, it was funny to see, but I, I still say I think Angle as GM is the perfect role for him right now. And what did you make of the Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, whatever you want to call it, Braun <laughs> kicking Roman's ass in the ambulance and, and, and the gurney, the stretcher, um, some, you know, riveting TV. Uh, what did you make of that whole <laughs> dynamic? I honestly thought it was great. I know it, it came off very, very goofy and silly. And the fact, you know, you know, he wasn't actually hurt. Like, obviously, they took him off the stretcher. But just the idea of it, I thought was great. And I thought it was very necessary, too, just because Braun, coming off the loss to Reigns about a month and a half ago, hasn't really done anything. He's been laid out by Roman. He's been laid out by Taker. He backed away from Lesnar. And it's like, okay, and then he got tossed from the Battle Royal halfway through. It's like, okay, like, this guy was the best part, one of the best parts of the show for so many months. Now you're going to treat him like a loser. Like, that was kind of silly to me. So to have him kind of return to form, so to speak, on Monday, by doing the whole attacking, I thought was great. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, obviously, Roman and Braun, part two or part three, because they know they had the rematch in Raw, isn't ideal. But it's okay for the interim, just because, you know, they're probably building the Braun and, and Brock for down the line, whether it be in, at a spring show or SummerSlam or whatever. But, um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I know RJ could not get enough of it. Um, he was sending people videos of the attack. He was he was clamoring to me how much he loved it, and I can't blame him. I thought it was really cool. Um, one of the, one of the more vicious attacks in recent memory. That that crowd was not kind to Roman Reigns whatsoever. The fact they kept on chanting uh, one more time and thank you, Braun, all that other stuff. I thought was just phenomenal. So uh, we'll see where it goes, but it's going to be hard to top that though. And this is still all for the for the attempts to make Roman Reigns look look like a big, strong, good guy, right? Exactly. Yeah. I was very fearful that last night on the show on SmackDown, he would just show up and, and walk out of an ambulance with not a scratch on him. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens next week instead because uh, they don't sell these kind of attacks very well. You know, Jericho is out for like a, like three weeks after he got attacked by Owens. They should do the same thing with Reigns. He should be off TV until the pay-per-view in a couple of weeks because for him to come back so soon to me is just stupid. So, um, but yeah, no, you, you know, the, you know, the end game in all of this is to build Roman up as a sympathetic conquering hero, which no one buys Matt as, you know, right now, if, if like a city like Long Island is building Roman Reigns, then it's a problem because that's not a smarky city. That's any ordinary city. That's like, I don't know. It's like Hartford or something. They're not a smarky city. So if they're booing Roman Reigns and clamoring for Braun Strowman, that's a problem. 
Did I forget anything else from Raw or SmackDown, Graham? That's that's worthy of talking about right now. Oof, I think that's about it. Um, I think we covered pretty much everything. I know the Superstar Shakeup, like I said, was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you were probably very sad to hear that Simon Gotch got released. Very heartbreaking oh, yeah, to hear time, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nate in English has a singles push. Honestly, oh, yeah. who could possibly care? Who the hell could possibly care? Other than that, I don't think we uh, missed anything now. Quick question. Were you surprised that were you surprised about the club not going to SmackDown to form this uh, the Bullet Club with AJ? Did, did you feel like maybe it, that that could have been the prime time to 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 do that, or do you, did you feel like the club staying on Raw was the smart decision? No, I was surprised about that too. I was thinking about that either last night or this morning. I was thinking about it recently. I'm thinking, you know what? How weird it is that neither eight nobody AJ Balor or the club none of them moved. I think AJ should have stayed where he was at. He should not have moved to Raw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So that was surprising. But, no, I was really expecting. I thought New Day would go to SmackDown. I'm glad they did. But I thought they would move the club before Shining Stars um, just because, like I said, with Alexa and Charlotte, they got their rematches pretty quickly, and they lost. Like, the club lost their tag team title rematch the very next night on Raw. And now they're not really doing anything because Cesaro and Sheamus are getting their title shot, and they have the revival on Raw, too. So, like, what do you even really do with the club? Maybe they're, maybe they're going to do something with Balor in the club because um, maybe they're going to do that in the fall. We'll never know because Balor got hurt. And he might be hurt now, so maybe they won't do it. I don't know. Um, but as long as they do something with them, is if they just had them drop the tag titles, and I love the Hardys. I think putting the belts on them was the right choice. Um, but if they had them drop the titles and then they do go back to just doing nothing, it's going to be a waste. Um, so hopefully they come up with something for them. And yeah, it was kind of a missed opportunity to not put them back with Styles, but Styles is turning face anyway. So maybe there's more money in holding off on that moving club to SmackDown or AJ to Raw to reunite all three of them. In addition to maybe Balor at some point down the line, like that could be some real money if they wait another year on that. So it was a bit confusing, but they might have a bigger plan in mind. We'll see. Real quick, talk about the Hardys real quick. Um, you know, I'm happy they're back. And again, I did not see majority of what they did in TNA. The whole broken stuff. I, I'm not gonna sit here and sit here and act like I know what they were doing. But a lot of fans are, are are wanting and clamoring to see the gimmick that TNA used for the Hardys as opposed to what they're doing now. Uh, are we ever gonna get that um, the broken Hardys? And, and 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 if so, how long would it be? Because I heard about this lawsuit going on with TNA, and that's why the Hardys have not said one word on Raw. They they talked on Raw talk, but they haven't spoken one word on, on, on the main roster. So, uh, are we gonna still have the Hardy Boys of what the company gave us from years ago, or do you, do you think down the line we get this broken stuff? Yeah, I think down the line, I think that's really the key phrase there. I think down the line, they will tap into the broken universe. I mean, how can they not? I mean, I'm not saying they will, but I think they'd just be dumb not to with the amount of money they can make off of merchandise and stuff like that because it's so over as it is right now, and Matt Hardy's not even really playing up the character all that much. Like, he's just doing the delete stuff when he slows the hair and whatever. But other than that, though, he's not, like, going full throttle with the um, – with the character. So, I mean, they can real make some real money with it down the line. I would only imagine. So for right now, I guess we'll see what they do. Um, but I assume they just keep them. They just play straightforward for the, for the time being, just because like you said, the whole lawsuit's the issue. That's the only reason why they're not doing more with it. I'm not sure of the exact status. What I think it is right now. I think the issue with it right now is that, um, 
that, uh, that I think TNA still owns the rights to it. So maybe once that's all cleared up, when that will be, I have no idea how long it might take. Maybe then they'll tap into that broken universe and they'll give Matt Hardy more of the broken, you know, characteristics and, you know, mannerisms and stuff like that. He's still kind of doing it, but not really. I, I think it's more for Matt than it is for Jeff because Jeff is over no matter what. Matt Hardy's going to be over no matter what because people love the Hardy boys, but Jeff Hardy's fine regardless because he can sell merch on his own like he did before he left the company seven years ago. I think Matt's the one I worry for if they can't do the broken character. So if they're allowing him to do the stuff that he is now with like the delete chance and shit like that, then I do have some hope um, they will be able to go full throttle with that at some point down the line. I, I, I can only hope that, like I said. Hey, Graham, maybe that's why they brought Bray Wyatt to Raw. I was just about to say that. I'm thinking, what else did I miss? And I was thinking, you know what? They could do a final deletion match between Bray Wyatt and Broken Matt. That would be absolute <laughs> money. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm on, fully on board that, for that. If not that, you join all three of them. They all, I mean, if, if you're going to do this, this whole Broken gimmick and what Bray Wyatt was doing and his shtick, you put them all together... I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but maybe that's why they, maybe that's why they brought him to to Raw. Yeah, I think that there might be a decent chance. I would hope they brought Wyatt to Raw for a reason, and not just because, like I said, oh, they picked his name out of a hat and he's going to friggin' Monday nights. Hopefully, they have a plan for him beyond the feud with Balor, which could be cool, like entrance wise and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, but I would hope that you know the the broken Matt Hardy stuff and Bray Wyatt. It's like no, I'm not gonna say it's a dream match, but it's a match that people were pitching six months ago when the broken stuff was just kicking off. So I think it'd be pretty cool if they went into that and went into that element of the broken stuff at some point. And uh, they, they went again, like I said, full throttle with that feud and they were able to do creatively mm-hmm. what they can. And they weren't held down by friggin' creative and they weren't, you know, being asked to do dumb stuff like the whole Wyatt family compound thing a year ago yeah. was a direct ripoff oh, yeah, yeah, of uh, yeah. final deletion. So obviously, you know, I think a lot of people are well aware of that. So as long as they don't have their segments, you know, entirely scripted by the company, which I'm sure will be the case, but as little as possible, I think would be optimal just because, you know, if WWE gets uh, control of the broken stuff with Bray and, and Matt, they would be with, uh, would just be completely watered down. So hopefully that won't be the case. And all you got to do is put Bray, you put Bray, you put Braun Strowman and the Hardys together. Boom. There you go. <laughs> that New white family. New white family. Stable. New broken wide family. <laughs> New broken wide family, and then you have the stables cut in half. It's a, it's literally a broken family. So I think that'd be a great idea. Hashtag book it. Graham Matthews Wrestle Rant on Twitter, Wrestle Rant Radio. Check him out on Bleacher Report. What culture hidden remote? Uh, Graham, I thank you, my man, and I appreciate it. Always, my dude. Thanks for having me on, per usual, and I look forward to speaking to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, dude. Catch you on the road. All right.